Welcome to the podcast of Dr. Michael Jacobs. We believe today's message will help you walk in faith and have victory now. I want to read a a few verses here. And I'm talking today, and we've been talking about families. I want to say as we get started, we're going to be talking about uh, dating God's way. Dating God's way. So if you're single, this applies to you. If you're already married, it applies to you. Uh, You could be single with a baby sitting by you or, you know, have some children back in the nursing. We're not making fun of that. But we are saying this is a very serious subject because uh, when a person gets into their teens and all the uh, hormones and just our world, the worldly culture out there tries to work on people to tell them that it's okay to do certain things and be active sexually and uh, it creates a whole lot of problems. First of all, even if somebody didn't know what God's Word says about it, you start getting mental. And if you're involved with somebody, normally that person that got you involved and you're yielding to it makes you into more of an exclusive relationship instead of wanting to be around a group of teenagers, which can keep you clean and keep you better, Uh, especially if they're church teenagers that love God. But, you know, what happens is people isolate themselves. Then they begin to give themselves to somebody and get involved then, and then uh, even if they don't get pregnant, there's, uh, I have some, I don't know if I have that with me here. I think I might have that somewhere back in here. Um, I don't know where I put that right now. 30 million Americans have STDs, primary teenagers and those in their 20s. That's a, this is an older report, 30 million. That's a sexually transmitted disease. So you could see what begins to happen. And then, of course, some of those diseases just eat up your internal organs so you can never have children again. Sometimes it gets so severe you have to have stuff removed. Uh, all kinds of problems. Then if you get pregnant, maybe you abort the baby. Then you're in, now you've committed murder. Uh and then maybe you do have the baby and then the baby's got issues because of the situation it came out of. Not all babies will have that, but sometimes, and maybe not physical, but there might be mental and emotional problems with that child because they were birthed out of wedlock. That can be resolved with repentance, prayer, applying the blood of Jesus, but if you don't do something about it, it starts being mentally some of the children grow up and then they got issues. People, I don't understand where that came from. Well, it came from somewhere. Let me tell you, let me give you a clue as a pastor. Whatever issues anybody has, I don't care what they are, there's a reason for it. There's a cause that's there. And you've got to find out what the cause is and remove it. Or repent about it. Or plead the blood against it. Or get delivered. Or whatever it takes to get you normal. We, we, we got all kinds of perversion anymore in America that people consider to be normal. And I'm not just talking about sex, but I'm talking about dating here and I wanted to 
I wanted to let you say, I wanted to say some, some of these things to you at first though, but here's the thing that I see. If you'll raise your children when they're young right, then they'll be right. <laughs> you know, at least you put something in them. Maybe they want to run away for a while or when they want to run astray and all that, but they can come back. There's our scriptures we can stand on, Jeremiah and other places where you can believe for them to come back, back into the things of God. But see, what I'm saying is you're giving yourself a good opportunity to create, when a child gets to this age where there's could be dating and then there could be sexual things, they need to have been taught when they were preschoolers and elementary and preteens that certain things were appropriate and certain things were not. And parents, that's what you're supposed to be, the parent. You can't expect me. I'm just going to say it bluntly. I will do my best. But some of you just want me to bail out everybody of everything for their whole life because I'm the man of God here. And I, I would try to do my best. I have tried to do my best. And given more than my best at times, it seemed. But, you know, I didn't have parental help. So whatever efforts I attempted to help people with, they... The parents weren't in agreement or, you know, we're, we're living in a timeout society and everything. Of course, there's always mercy in God. I understand that. And when, You listen to me, aren't you? But if you train your children when they're younger about certain behaviors that are appropriate or not appropriate, and, you know, this shouldn't be the first time you, that, that your children are hearing about any of this with me. So I'm just, I'm talking about some things and, uh, you know, are you listening to me? Yes, no, I'm not going to teach your kids how to use a condom. Like I saw on national TV one day, they had a pickle and they put a condom on a pickle. Well, Oprah, she's whacked anyway. She's teaching people about all kinds of inappropriate behavior nationwide like it's normal. And so, you know, we just have to deal with a lot of stuff out there that people think are normal and just overlook a lot of stuff. Well, what I'm saying is we've got to get into the Word here and find out what is God's way of doing this. And we're not here condemning anybody. If you've had problems and issues, then by, by all means, pay attention to me. And by all means, repent if that's an issue for you. If you've had issues with your body, if you've done things you shouldn't have done. There's always repentance and cleansing through the blood of Jesus, but we just can't go on forever like that, or we can't take on the world's view and say, well, that's good. we're going to accept that too. We're not going to accept it. I mean, not be scriptural. So we're just dealing. Now a lot, a lot of people are coming to the place now where we've got homosexuality and lesbianism. It's in our sitcoms. It's in our TV stuff, even 7, 8 o'clock at night. And just, I don't know when it was, within the last month or two, I turned TV on and there was two guys kissing. Two men in the lips like they meant it. <laughs> See, that, 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 no, they weren't born that way. Something got a hold of their life. Probably another man got a hold of them when they were young or pornography got a hold of them or, or I don't know. There could be lots of reasons, but something happened that made them go astray. And, you know... You need to understand that. If you're a man, you're a man. And you should like girls. If you're a girl, you're a girl. You should like boys. When you get to a place where that can be, 
you know, dealt with in marriage and stuff, then that's, you should marry somebody the opposite sex. We just have a lot of strange way of looking at things anymore. And I'm not down on the people. I'm down on the lifestyle. Because it's perverted. And people can then become predators and things like that and so forth. Anyway. So it helps if you, you, you did get my notes. Somebody told me they were passed out after I left. That we gave you. And the ones I'm, things I'm going to talk about this morning. We'll have notes for you maybe by Tuesday or by next Sunday. On this particular Portion. But here in Isaiah 55, I'm not trying to be vulgar, but I have to be honest and open enough to talk about some of these things in front of uh, so called adults, right? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Look at Isaiah 55 7. Let the w- wicked forsake his way and the unrighteous man his thoughts, and let him return unto the Lord, and he will have mercy upon him. Hey, and to our God, for he will abundantly pardon. So right here we see, first of all, that uh, you know if a person is involved in a lifestyle that the Bible calls wicked, then he's going to have to come back to God and ask for mercy and pardon, and that God will do that. That's good news. Because here's what it says in verse 8, My thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, saith the Lord. And we're talking about dating here right now particularly. And as the heavens are higher than the earth, verse 9, so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts than your thoughts. And he talks about how like the rain comes down from heaven, verse 10, in the snow and it brings forth uh, seed and uh, bread to the eater. So shall my word be that goes out of his mouth. It will not return unto him void, verse 11. So the word's been given to us to correct our thinking. This is my point to you. The word is given to correct our thinking. If our thinking is out of line with God's word, he gave us his word to correct our thinking so we can think right about things. Now listen, sex is not dirty and sex is not carnal and sex is not evil in and of itself. But when it's inappropriately used or abused or people try to use somebody else for selfish means and they're not married to them, that's abuse. See? And we're, 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 we're thinking through on this because this is very important to our study about when we think about dating. I mean, it's normal for a person that gets up into teenage years and young adulthood to want a mate. I mean, it's just normal part of, the, of human beings. I mean, God's the one that made us this way, male and female. If he didn't want that, then he should have made us without the anatomy. And he made us without the hormones that go with it. And the sex drive and all that. Those things are not evil in and of themselves. But when they're misappropriated or misused and things like that or in a perverted way, then that becomes a problem to God and to humanity. All right. Now let's go back to Deuteronomy 7. Part of the reason I'm kind of teaching on this today is because of Deuteronomy 7. I think we shared this verse with you a while back. I'd like to go back and look at it again because it's important to our study because when we think about dating, every date is a potential mate. Now, that may not always be the case, but there's a potentiality in that. Do you understand what I'm saying? If a guy dates a girl and he goes out and all of a sudden they find they're attracted to each other and all of a sudden they realize that they're supposed to be together as a couple, then that's a potential person that they might end up marrying 
and having children with and living their life with and all of that. That's what I'm saying. And the reason that that's so important is, is over here in Deuteronomy, uh, he tells us, starting in uh, 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 verse 1, When the Lord your God shall bring you into the land, whether you go to possess it, and hath cast out many nations before thee, the Hittites and so forth, all the ites, and the nations greater and mightier than you. Verse 2, And when the Lord your God will deliver them before you, thou shalt smite them, utterly destroy them. Thou make no covenant with them, nor show mercy unto them, neither shalt thou make marriages with them. In other words, don't make marriages with people that don't understand Bible things. You know, I've had young people tell me, Yeah, but I just, I love this guy. I love this girl. Yeah, but they don't have any, they're not even right with God. I can't even talk to them about spiritual things. They're just obnoxious. Yeah, it says, Thou shalt not make marriages with them. Now, let's read on verse 3. Thy daughter thou shalt not give unto his son, nor his daughter thou shalt take unto thy son. Talking about the heathen, people who don't love the Lord, don't know the Lord. For they will turn away thy son from following me, from the Lord, and that they may serve other gods. They take him away to serve other gods. See, it's important, it's important who you connect to. It's important who you marry. And, you know, anybody could be forgiven and delivered from any kind of situation if they're serious. I've been a pastor a long time. I've seen people deliver from... But I tell you, when people get into weirdness and perversion and kinkiness and all kinds of strange stuff that's anti-scriptural and they won't break away from that, that's pretty serious. Not only serious for them, but their, their children, their mate. You know, I told you about a situation that somebody told me something. I had to finally shut them down because they were telling me you know, they made an appointment to come see me, and then the minute they started talking, it was all about weirdness and stuff. Finally, I said, "Hold it! Stop! 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 I don't want to hear any more. I'm going to bring your husband in and talk to him." Because the things that she said in just a matter of five or ten minutes, Donna was there, was pretty sickening. And I confronted him and said, "What is the matter with you? What is the matter with you?" Nothing's the matter. I said, no, you're wrong. There's something matter with you. You don't ask your wife to do stuff like that. I didn't even want to know about it, but I mean, your wife brought it up. And I want you to know, you're either going to, I said, if I was your wife, I'd divorce you right now. That'd be the end of this. I'm telling you, buddy. Of course, I already had my deal with him before, and I wasn't going to put up with any of his bull. So I said, you can repent, and I'll help you get clear of this and free of it, but if you don't, you just leave because I don't want you in my church. You're not right. I don't trust you. Oh, when your pastor tells you you're not right and you don't trust them, that's bad stuff. You, not very many people make that list with me, but when they do. Now, they could have fell on the floor and said, my God, pray for me, pastor. I, I want to be delivered. I've had them do that. Thank God they have. Some of them sitting here today. But if they're not willing to repent, and, I, and you know, and of course I told her, well, you got children in that home. You want to live like that with that kind of a thing? What do you think your kids are going to be exposed to? If not already. Pastor, you're too rough. No, you're too soft. You're not right. You think I'm too rough? You're not right. 
you're welcome. Well, one thank you, Pastor, and a couple nods. And No, I know where that's going. You don't, you don't have to tell me. I've already read the book. You go from glory to glory or debase to debase. You're going one way or the other all the time. And when somebody tells me something that's just so kinky and wild and weird, and I say, man, no human being should have to submit to that kind of thinking and that kind of behavior. You know, now, I haven't gotten to sex in marriage yet. Just so if you're mad at me today, come back when I teach on that. (laughs) It'll be wonderful. But see, the world over there is trying to project their stuff to us because they want to sell their filth, they want to sell their sex toys, they want to sell their videos. You can be as quiet as you want. You're not intimidating me one bit. You already know what I'm talking about, some of you. You know it's available. But that don't make it right. And it gets you weird in your heads and in your behavior. And then the people don't know how to act. And so we're going to talk about sex some other time in a different manner. But I'm trying to show you here. He says here, don't let your children marry into worldly people because they will take them away from God. But I was shocked at how somebody could sit in my church under this kind of preaching and still behave like that and think they're okay. And I'd given altar calls before where, or he could have just said in the privacy of, you know, my office, which is where I was confronting him at, I am sorry, I repent. Okay, great, I'll pray for you. I'm going to rebuke the devil off of you. That you're going to be accountable and you're going to read this book and I'm going to hold you accountable to do this or that or whatever. And I'm going to call your wife and check on you. Well, I really don't want to be that free. Well, then you don't want to be free. I really want to, don't want to know about people's sick and sorry lives, to be honest with you. But I'm trying to help people not have sick life and not have weirdness in their home, and if not for the parents, just the kids. That's all I'm trying to do my best. <laughs> not mad at anybody, but I mean, you know, somebody has to say, hey, this is not right. Who was going to tell this person they weren't right? Their wife wasn't. She's too mealy-mouthed. Little wimpy woman. If she had any something about her, she'd have stood up to that. Are you kidding me? I'm not kidding you a bit. You could either call the authorities or you could take a ball bat when he's sleeping. I don't care. I'm not going to live like that. I'm not going to live like that. I would think there's something wrong with my wife if I asked her to do things that were inappropriate. See, this just we got to understand God wants our marriage is right, but he can't bless what is totally wrong. And look what happened. It says, verse 4, They'll turn away your son from following me, and they'll serve other gods, and the anger of the Lord will be kindled against you and destroy thee suddenly. And, but thou shalt, uh, thus you shall deal with them. You'll destroy their altar. See the things they do and they worship. And break down their images. Isn't that pornography? Cut down their groves where they do that. That's the bars, the topless places and other places around town. Casinos. Burn their graven images with fire. Thou art a holy people unto the Lord your God. 
and to be chosen and a special person, special people unto himself above all people that are upon the face of the earth. So this is a pretty high calling to come into that. How many are listening? I haven't grossed you out, have I? I'm just trying to talk to you. I mean, you're going to see more than that of just watching Oprah than what I've said. But we're talking here about this. We want to get into God's way of dating. That's what we're talking about. And one of the most important is teaching our children how to relate properly to other people, particularly those of the opposite sex. It's crucial for us as parents to begin to understand and teach these principles to our children. Many times, because relationships with the opposite sex touches on one of the strongest physical drives of man, temptations are strong to misuse or abuse these desires. Self-control must be learned in order to bring about ultimate fulfillment. Now you think about that. You, you know, we've got to use restraint. I'm not trying to be funny, but sometimes you just have to, you know, take some cold showers, do some extra praying if you're driven by stuff or if you've exposed yourself to people you know in an inappropriate way it may take some discipline until you don't fall back into that let's go to 1 Corinthians chapter 9 no I'm trying to not be vulgar but I'm trying to be open enough to sh communicate with you some truth that uh, you need to hear from the Bible this isn't my opinion this is what the Bible teaches and I, I'd like to tell you that I was some kind of really saintly person when I was a teenager, but I was not. And I, don't, I regret that deeply today. I'm ashamed that I can't tell you that. And my children both lived a much more godly life than I, do, I did. I don't know what for sure everything. I, I, I believe they told me the truth and kept themselves for their mates. But the point I'm making is, you know, we, we need to understand... When this is done, I'm done teaching today. You can change whatever needs to be changed and you can go on with God. But you'll have to make some decisions if there's been things happened in the past. You understand, don't you, from me that I, I'm going to love any baby that's produced in this church. Amen. I've had two or three young ladies get pregnant and I told them beforehand and then they didn't listen and they went ahead and got involved and had a baby and I called them afterwards and said, listen, I love you. I'm not mad at you. I know you feel terrible about it. You feel ashamed. Whatever you feel, you need to just get over that because I love you and God loves you and you still have a future and your baby needs a pastor and you need a pastor and come back to church and I don't guarantee all my people have enough sense to act like me, but I'm, I'm just telling you your pastor loves you. And I hope, and I'm going to say this publicly, I hope none of you say something out of the way to anybody because that's not very smart. If it wasn't for God, you'd probably been in the same situation. So what I'm trying to say is, though, when a baby comes, however it was conceived, we're going to love that baby. <laughs> we're not down on anybody. But let's try to avert some of these things. Let's try to divert away from that that doesn't end up being a common thing. All right. Now, look here. It says, I'm in 1 Corinthians 9. Look here at verse 24. Know you not that they which run in a race run all. And it's talking about the race of life. Uh, he's maybe referring to a physical race during the games, the Roman games during that era of time, Paul. But we're also looking about running our race in God. But one receiveth the prize, so run that you may obtain. And every man that striveth for the mastery or to win is temperate 
in all things. He's, he's restricting himself in some things so he can be a winner. Now they do it to obtain a corruptible crown. I'm talking about physical athletes, but we an incorruptible crown. You know, we saw that uh, famous swimmer guy, you know, just a little while ago, and then he got caught smoking dope. Well, you know, he was a great athlete, but that marred his character a little bit because he's supposed to be an example on the cereal boxes or whatever, or the shoes that he endorses, and they give him, you know, $20 million. And then he's out smoking dope. We're not critical. I'm just pointing out something, though. See, he's restricted himself in a lot of areas, but in that area he decided, well, I'm going to try this. Well, then he got caught and then marred his reflection as a world-class athlete if he's going to do stuff like that. Verse 26, I therefore so run, not as uncertainly, so fight I, not as one that beats the air. But I keep under my body and bring it, bring my body into subjection, least that by any means when I preach to others, I myself should be a castaway. In other words, you're going to have to take your flesh and bring it under authority. How many are listening? I had somebody call me within the last couple of years, a young man uh, in our church, unfortunately. And uh, he said, you know, my mom, uh, I'm going to call you pastor because my mom found some pornography under my bed. I said, what was it doing in your room? Well, it was a friend of mine. I said, you're talking to me. You're not talking, you're not going to run a game on my head. <laughs> Knock that stuff off. You want to talk to me, I'll give you some time, but don't you try to pimp me. Amen. Well, I tell you, I was with my friends and they wanted to stop at an adult store. I said, why didn't you get out of the car and walk home? Amen. Why didn't you get out of the car and call your mom Amen. or your dad? Why didn't you get out of the car and call a taxi? See, you know, but here's my point to you. You can't bring your body into subjection when you expose yourself to stuff that's going to excite you. Even wrong stuff. I got that's right and the rest of you sitting there like, well, I wish you'd get on some other subject. Now maybe you've never seen anything like that. I would to God nobody would ever seen it. But see, the point I'm trying to make is you can't keep your body under control if you're going to expose yourself to different settings where things are going to be enticing to you. You can't go to the... I don't, I've never been to the casino over here. I don't know how they dress, but I have a feeling they probably... I know what they do at the Derby. They ship in a lot of whores to make a lot of money. Prostitutes for entertainment purposes you can't run around in clubs run around people that drink and do dope and party and take their clothes off and expect to stay clean that's impossible that's impossible I, I've been there you can't do both at the same time isn't that right alright so you're going to have to be temperate, you're going to have to bring your body into subjection. You know, they have things now, they call it softcore porn. That just means it's just going to grab you a little bit, but it's going to grab you and want you to pull you into the rest of it. That's all that means. I'm better thinker than you're saying amen. I'm just trying to help you here. My wife saw a guy on TV 
that was involved in that for I don't know how many years, oh Lord Jesus, I don't know, 25 years, and he wrote a book about it, and she saw it. He was on CBN or something, and she, we, we ordered it. That's why I know some of that stuff. He told about how he got involved in all that trash. And it just came little by little by little until it ensnared him and drove him. His money went to that. His thoughts went to that. His family went to put, you know, because he was driven by the devil in those things. See, you've got, what does it say? Verse 27, I keep under my body. Well, pastor, I don't look at anything like that. Well, I'm glad you don't. This, remember this verse, though. You know, I keep under my body. And we need to keep under our body in a lot of areas. But we're talking now about this area, this area right here. We need to understand and have knowledge of God's word on this. You know, Hosea 4 and 6, I'm just going to quote it. My people perish for a lack of knowledge. You know, often parents and young people alike lack knowledge of God's principles in this critical area. And so because of that, we're, where we're teaching this. So we'll have knowledge about these things. Intelligent knowledge. Let's go to Second Peter. We're over in the New Testament here. Second Peter, chapter two. I'm just about done. Just give me a few more minutes. But this this is going to help us. And you know the Bible does teach that there's a way that seems right to a person, but the end thereof are the ways of death. Now I remember even my wife when she was in college. You know, some people she went to school with said, "Now you just need to loosen up. You know, you're just too wound tight." You know. They're going to have a party on the, you know, somewhere and, you know, go have a few beers and go have a couple drinks and it's no big deal. But it is a big deal. Because alcohol and drug abuse and stuff like we're talking about breaks down typical inhibitions and a typical response to things that you would be repulsed by. But you drink alcohol and you take drugs into your system or you expose yourself to things, after a while that becomes a way of life. And you don't have the same convictions you once had. Now I'm talking to you as an ex-drug addict. I know what I'm talking about. I mean, you know, I'm going to smoke dope, but I'm not going to do this. And then before I knew it, I'm doing that. And then I'm going to do that, but I'm not going to shoot dope. Before I knew it, I'm you know, shooting up all the time. And then I want more different drugs and diverse drugs and drugs that are mixed together to give you a different... And, you know, I'm just a mess after a while. And it's the same with all that we're talking about here. Second uh, Peter... Uh, let me see what my verse was. Second Peter uh, chapter... First Peter, I gave you the wrong reference. First Peter chapter 2 and... First uh, Peter 2 verse 11 here... Dearly beloved, when he writes to us as beloved, he's talking about the body of Christ. Dearly beloved, I beseech you as strangers and pilgrims, abstain from fleshly lust which war against the soul. Notice that. Your soul begins to be involved in things if you give in to fleshly lust. Your mind, your will, your emotions. How many are listening to me? And it tells us to abstain. So when somebody says, we're going to go do this, we're going to go watch this, we're going to go, you ought to just immediately begin to say, no, I don't think I'm going to do that. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now, <clears throat> let's, go, let's go back here to Proverbs. I, I don't have this in my notes, but I just thought of this verse. I think I'd like to look at it with you. And then I'm going to talk to you just a minute or two more, and then we're going to... Uh, Maybe have the single people come to the altar if you'd like to, and we'd like to pray for you. Just pray for you, and maybe with your parents behind you if they're here or, or just whatever. Praise the Lord. 
I want to mention something the Lord spoke to me uh, when I was standing here earlier, standing down there by Diana. I was thinking about some things, and I was, of course, I have some notes on what I'm teaching you. But I want to say to all of you, you're going to have to be careful about what you fantasize about. You know, your mind, your imagination, your thoughts, you're going to have to be careful. You don't let your mind run wild in some area and start thinking, wonder what it'd be like, and you could just fill in the blank. And you need to understand that. Naturally, you know, men are moved by sight more than more than ladies typically, but you know, and so but and there are attractive women. And but you 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 have to realize you can't be thinking things you shouldn't think. And in the body of Christ, I'm going to get to this verse in a minute, we'll treat everybody like a sister or mother or father or brother. I mean, I thought I'd never have to say this, but even, even sometimes in a church anymore, you have sometimes men that come into the church and they're not looking at the women, they're looking at the men. I know of a preacher who just ran off a while back with some, some man. Didn't run off with the secretary or the piano lady. He ran off with another man, left his wife and his kids. See, you think that's tragic, and it is. But see, that kind of stuff happens more often than not anymore because society is trying to get in our church. Our culture out there, not Jesus' culture, the world's culture, has tried to enforce itself on the church to think certain things are okay. It's just alternative. No, it's sin. And we need to understand that. These are serious things, I know, and I, I hope that I, I hope that you don't feel, and if you do, just be best to keep it to yourself, but you don't feel that I'm I'm degrading anything, but I'm just talking straight with you and frank with you because I know that people on the television and everything, they talk all the their all their stuff plus what I'm saying. And I don't I'm not trying to I'm not trying to be vulgar about this, but I want I want to be clear that you understand what I'm saying. Because there's people here today that I know that you fantasize about things you should not. And if you don't stop it, you're going to do it. Maybe you don't do it with the person you're thinking, but you'll end up involved somewhere because those fantasies will take you somewhere. We ought to be renewing our mind to the Word of God. We're not just renewing our mind thinking, I can't do this and I can't do that. That's stupid. You ought to be thinking, I'm in Christ. I'm a new creature. And in my marriage, you know, if you're married, then your husband and wife, you ought to be talking about things that you need to talk about with them. That's appropriate. Hallelujah. Now, I'll get to that later because sometimes marriages, there's not much fulfillment there in some cases. I've been a pastor a long time. And it causes a lot of power, uh, you know, causes a lot of situations there that's not right because they're not being fulfilled, either the husband or the wife. A lot of frustration, other things too. I, I, I'm going to save my, save my comments till then. But I'm telling you, these are things we have to talk about at some point or another. I certainly hope you're not reading Hustler trying to figure this out. If you'd listen to me, I could help you.
You know, I, I've heard men say, grown men say, well, you know, they just got them a magazine because that's what young boys do. Well, they shouldn't. You ought to teach your boys not to look at magazines like that. You know, and your young girls too to dress appropriately and all that. I think you can look feminine without looking enticing. Maybe I could say it that way. How'd that sound? No, I'm, I'm being honest here. We, we just need to understand some things. Hallelujah. All right, I'm in, I'm in Proverbs 6. I don't know where I told you to turn. I thought I asked you to turn to Proverbs, but I may give the wrong reference. Chapter 6 in verse 32 uh, and 33. But whoso commits adultery with a woman, and you, you could say, or with a man, lacketh understanding, he that doeth it, or she, destroys his own soul, verse 32. So we can see from this real clearly that when a person begins to have relationships with somebody they're not married to, that's what adultery would mean. Uh, and we don't have to go all the way when it says that, but touching, petting, kissing, all those things that involve themselves with that act, then a person begins to destroy their own mind. Listen, this is the thing. And somebody said, what is the most uh, intimate part of a person's anatomy? Your mind. And when you get involved in things that are not in God's order, you begin to destroy your ability to think right. This is what this says. He destroys his own soul, his own mind, his emotions, his will after a period of time and all that breaks down a wound verse 33 and dishonor shall he get and his reproach shall not be wiped away for jealousy is the rage of a man therefore he will not spare in the day of vengeance he will not regard any ransom neither will he rest content though thou give many gifts in other words sometimes you get involved in that and it's just it's a devastating thing for people just trying to help you here Let's talk for just a minute or two more. Go over to 1 Timothy 5 with me and have that reference ready. Praise the Lord. You know, when I was a kid, my pastor would have never said any of this. But you know, that's unfortunate. I wish he would have. <laughs> when I was younger. Um, and you know. Now, there's a God's way of dating and there's a world's way of dating. I'm going to talk about these two ways in contrast for just a minute. And I will get you a list of all this later so you don't have to write all this down and feel like I'm trying to wear you out to write as fast as you can. But uh, first of all, uh, the world's way of dating is like this. It's self-centered relationship where a person is, is self-centered about themselves. Uh, the basis of that is natural attraction, feelings, and sexual desires. The goal of it is self-centered gratification. You're trying to gratify your own flesh. And there's no absolute moral standards in the world's way of dating. They don't have any, you can't do this, you can't, we're not going to do that. It's just open. And, of course, it moves quickly to take advantage of another person. If you ever watch movies, you know, uh, on TV, not, not talking like bad movies, X-rated, R-rated, but just movies. It depicts people going to bed one night, waking up the next morning, not knowing who they're with or acting confused because they drank some beers and they just slept with this person. They got no clothes on. Maybe they don't show that, but they infer that. And then they run up and get their pants on and leave the house. I mean, you know, that, that's crazy. 
See, that's inferring something to, to, to watch that kind of stuff and because the people move quickly to take advantage of each other. You, you, you see it in the movies. They'll say, you're gonna, you know, I think I'm going to score tonight. You know what they mean by that. Don't act all righteous on me here. And uh, <clears throat> the relationship in people that are worldly, it's exclusive and possessive. That's why we got all the domestic calls, you know, in the metro area. People get in fights, you know, because there's other people involved in that relationship that shouldn't be, or they're jealous and all that kind of stuff. What, what, what results come out of a world's way of uh, dating? Weakened relationship with God. You know, I've had good people, solid young people in this church that are just goofy as a $3 bill anymore because they didn't listen. And they got involved with somebody, and that somebody is usually a somebody that doesn't want to come to church here and doesn't like me. I'm going to say it again. If you bring somebody to this church, young man, young woman, they don't like me and they don't like this church, you ought to dump them like a bad habit. I am not out to hurt anybody or get anybody. I'm out to preserve you. <laughs> and I've had, I've had people even tell me, well, my boyfriend, he don't, he don't care to come here. Well, I guess not. I'm telling him to keep his hands off of you. And you're meeting him over at the mall. You're meeting him over at the cinema. You went out and parked somewhere in some back place and... Hey, don't pimp me. I already know what's going on. You don't need to come and repent about anything to me right now. Just listen to what I'm telling you. It weakens your relationship with God, these kind of relationships. It's an unhealthy self-image. It drains you of all your motivation. It brings confusion into their life and strife and pain because when that guy's done with you, he's got another notch in his belt and he's out to get the next little sweetie and you're just left by the wayside to figure it all out. Now you've been used, now you've been abused, now you've been rejected, and then you're in every prayer line wanting me to help you. And I'll help you as long as I can, but we expect you to get to a place where you say no <laughs> to the wrong people. It brings emptiness and sorrow. Now let's talk about God's way for a minute. I'm going to give you all this and a lot more on typed out. It's a God-centered relationship. When you're God, you do it God's way of dating, it's a God-centered relationship. And there's a wholesome attraction, there's a commitment to God, and there's a solid friendship between the two of you. All right. It's, the goal is mutual spiritual edification, not when am I going to get to fill in the blank. There's an absolute moral standards. I'm not going to do this. I'm not going to go there. I'm not going to do that. You need to understand that. If you can't flow with that, and you know, if that's even an issue, then I'd say that'd be done. You ought to be done with it. In a God relationship, you take time to get to know each other. You're not on a fast track. I don't know what, you know, what it is sometimes. And then some of our young people, our young ladies... They could get to be in their 20s and feel like they're an old maid. Oh, come on. Well, I'm, I'm 28 and I'm not married yet. Well, that doesn't mean you're a bad person. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> you need to take time to get to know each other. The relationship that people have that are doing it God's way is inclusive in the body of Christ. 
That's why we've always told people it's, it's better if you just come in a group and do things as a group when you're younger like that instead of getting isolated aside and people begin to do, you know, put thoughts in people's minds. You know, if you love me, you'd let me. How about that one? If you really cared about me, you'd let me at least do this. You're, in the wrong, you're with the wrong person. Already you should know that. All right. What are the results of a God dating relationship? A stronger relationship with God, a stronger relationship with others, a healthy self image. You know, when you come to church, you haven't been in the back seat of a car. You haven't went to somebody's house when they weren't there and got in the bed and did things you shouldn't have done or on the couch. You're a good example to others, and in your life, there's peace. Praise God for peace and deep joy that you're doing it God's way. And you have abundant life in all the areas of your life. I can, I'm going to say this politely. Why can't you wait and just get married the right person and get your whole life to be with each other? Explore the right way. See, we're just talking to you. Now, I'm going to close with this verse in Timothy. If you'd look at this verse in Timothy with me. 1 Timothy 5, I'm just about done. I thank you for listening to me today. I believe it's been helpful trying to spare people heartache and all kinds of frustrations and, you know. And somebody says, well, you know, Pastor, uh, you know, what if I just did this once? I know, but I've had people that have come to me privately a couples and said, you know, I did one thing, one time with one person, and now I have this and such. And I have problems in this area now because I have this disease. So you say, well, Pastor, you're being too dramatic. I don't think if you talk to the people, they would say I'm being too dramatic. I think they would say, I'm glad you said that, Pastor. We're not trying. You know, if I could scare the hell out of you, I'll do it. Because that's all that's in that. And some of those diseases don't ever go away without God. And, uh, you know, they could be removed by God. But, I mean, you know, some of that stuff is fatal. You know, when I was a teenager, there was two or three major things. I think there's 42 or 45 diseases now that you can catch. And some of it just destroys everything that it gets involved in in those areas for the male or the female. So we're talking about serious things. And the reason that's come is because too much looseness, too much promiscuity, too much fooling around. See, this is what I'm talking about. We're not down on you if you did something. We're trying to say the blood's available. You can repent and be clean. Hallelujah. But if you're going to be a born-again believer, we've got to start thinking this is the way I need to be thinking about marriage and sex and my future and dating and all this stuff, I need to be thinking like the Bible teaches so I don't tear my life up. You know, what, what if you got something and then you found somebody you really loved and they really loved you, but you had to tell them? I have this situation and, you know... You know, if we have intercourse, you're going you're gonna to have that too. Or I can't have intercourse certain times because I have this outbreak of something. 
You're being too graphic. No, I'm not being near graphic enough. I'm telling you, that's something you have to consider and think about. I hope you'll think about it in, a, in the right way. I don't want anything. I'm going to keep those doors shut. You know what I mean by that? I'm not talking to, I'm talking to male and female. Just, just say, I'm not going to let myself be involved in all that because my Bible says that. I'm in a good church. My pastor loves me. God loves me. The Bible teaches I can make it. I can do it. I can do it. I <laughs> and, and hang with the right people that believe you can do it. I'm in, I'm in 1 Timothy 5. In verse, verse 2 and 3, it says, uh, uh, verse one and, one, two, 1 and 2, I'm sorry. Rebuke not an elder, but entreat him as a father, and the younger men as brethren, the elder women as mothers, the younger as sisters, with all purity. See, that's the way we need to be thinking. That I'm in a church, and I need to treat my brothers and sisters with an attitude of purity. You know, and if you if you if you're any reason you can't do that, you need to start renewing your mind. You need to tell God, I'm sorry, I repent. If you've had fantasies, maybe you hadn't told anybody that, or maybe you have, I don't know. But you need to repent and say, God help me to be free of this. And get back in the Bible with me and renew your mind. Let's stand up together. And what I'd like to do, I'm not accusing anybody of anything. I'm just gonna ask all the single people to come to the altar right now. Teenagers or young adults, if you'd like to come, I'd like you to come. I want to pray for you. If, it's your, if your parents are here, I'd like a parent to stand behind these. If uh, their parents don't come, like maybe Sean here, Brother Jared, come on up here and stand behind Sean. And uh, if... No, no, not an age limit at all. Come on, please, come on. No, it's not an age limit. Hallelujah. And I'm going to pray from the front, and the person standing behind you is going to just put their hand out on you and, and pray for you with me. And, and I may come by and pray for you too. I don't know yet, but I, I think this is good. Praise the Lord. Thank you for joining us today. To view Dr. Jacob's travel itinerary, order products, and more, please visit cotrin.org slash mjm.